The Richmond Theatre Critics Circle. Curtain Call. A discussion of all things theatre, with Richmond critics and occasional guests. Welcome to Curtain Call, Act 6, Scene 22. I'm Jerry Williams from Sifter. Today's Curtain Call will feature conversations about two special celebrations in our theater community. First, the artistic director of Ashland's Whistle Stop Theater, Louise Keaton, will tell us about the theater's 10-year history. Then, two of the women behind the Conciliation Lab's blacklist will fill us in on what's coming up in early July. And I'm here with Louise Keaton, who is the artistic director of Whistle Stop Theater. Welcome to Curtain Call, Louise. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Whistle Stop is 10 years old. Tell us how it got started and how you got started with Whistle Stop. Or did you start it? I don't know. Yes, I'm founding artistic director along with my mother, who is the managing director. We came up with a business plan based on all the things that we wanted to reinforce in theater, which includes a safe we can make available, accessible to our audiences, regardless of their distance or how much they can afford. What's happened in 10 years? So much. Oh my goodness. We had one show that went to New York and has since been published. That's Cinderella, the Fairy Godmother's Tale. We've also established a festival, which we do every other year. The idea was to have a different show in three different locations across Main Street so that audiences would have to travel down Main Street and hit all these great businesses along the way to see the next production. And the whole town embraced this. So every single business on Main Street came up with a fun activity that would engage families. It is a community theater, so it is non-professional. Everybody is volunteer. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. One and of it's our- not just children's shows. You do adult shows and children's shows, right? We do. We're growing our adult programming. So our very first production was called Food Baby, and it was very adult. It was funny because most of the town has known me since I was in seventh grade and were really disturbed when they heard me drop the F-bomb for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what your background is an actor and how you got to where you are today. My parents met in the theater, actually in a production of Our Town. I was George in high school. Oh my goodness, all the coolest kids. My dad was George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They had this photo album of all of their theatrical productions And as a little girl, I flipped through them and I was jealous. I wanted to be in that photo album. So I started acting as soon as I could. And when it came time to decide what on earth I was going to do in college, I auditioned for Shenandoah Conservatory. And luckily I got in. I was a theater for youth major because I thought and continue to believe if we're going to make an impact on our community through theater, it should start with children. And by the time I graduated from college and started working professionally full-time as an actress, I really started to notice this void in Ashland. We have so many artists in Ashland, but no live theater. And I thought, well, if anybody's going to do it, it's up to me. How has the community embraced it in terms of attendance to the shows and being involved in the shows as an audience member or on stage? We have at least a thousand people come to each of our productions. Wow, great. We have never spent more than we have made. We've always made back what we invested into our shows. That's a good managing director. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. What else are y'all doing to celebrate the 10th anniversary? 
So yes, we're making a documentary partially inspired by you, Mr. <laughs> Amazing Documentary Makers. A bit a little different than Dirt Woman, I imagine. A little bit different, <laughs> a little bit more family friendly, but only right. slightly. We know now that I dropped the F-bomb like right, a pirate. Right. So. Right. <laughs> but we're also going to be producing another theater festival, this time highlighting some of our top favorites. And then in the fall, we are hoping to produce our town at the Ashland Theater in honor of the show that my parents met in. Oh, wow. Cool. Well, if anybody wants to get more information about Whistle Stop, whether they want to come see a show or just even volunteer, what is the best way to get a hold of you? If you hop on Facebook and type in Whistle Stop Theater Company, we will be the first thing that pops up. We're also the first thing that pops up on Google. Well, great. This has been fascinating. Congratulations on 10 years and good luck for 10 years more. Thank you so much, Jerry. I'm honored you thought of us. So now I'm visiting with Dr. Tanya Pettiford-Waits, the co-artistic director of the Conciliation Lab, and with Mary Shaw, a local entrepreneur who's also involved in this exciting venture we're getting ready to talk about. Welcome to Curtain Call, guys. Thank you. This is the third year for Blacklist. Who wants to tell us what that's about and how it got started? It was basically a conversation I had with DJ and some other friends. Excuse me, let me interrupt you real quick. DJ is DJ Gray, who is the other co-artistic director of the Conciliation Lab. Go ahead. So we started having a conversation about how there was a lack of opportunity for Black actors in Richmond to play complex and dynamic roles. One thing that I wanted to do was celebrate the work of August Wilson because I find him to be an absolutely prolific playwright. And I thought that there were other actors who wanted to do this work. And I thought that there were people that wanted to see this work. So Dr. T, how did you get involved in Blacklist? We had been looking for ways for the Conciliation Project to get more involved with Theater Lab at the time. So we were two separate companies at the time. Right. And um, Blacklist was the perfect opportunity to bring us together. And what has been the history? This is the third year. So where did it go from? Well, actually, I guess there's a skip year because of COVID. There were two skipped years, actually. Two skipped. Okay. Yeah. We've so far featured three playwrights, August Wilson, Lorraine Hansberry. We had talked about Susan Laurie Parks and it, it didn't happen when it was supposed to. But this year we, we wanted to feature something of each of those three. So how is this year different from the first two years of Blacklist? The first thing is going to be that we're all coming on off of a pandemic that's going to impact how we do things a lot. It, it impacted how we put this together. In past years, it's truly been a party, a celebration in that we have attempted to engage as many Black artists in Richmond as we possibly could. This year, we're using a company of seven actors and four directors to do all three of these playwrights. I'm looking at the schedule for the event, and I noticed that on July 10th, Saturday, there's a market during the day, then a show, and then an open mic night. And then on Sunday, Heritage is doing a show, and then there's a Blacklist show, and then there's a special announcement. I think, Mary, actually, your idea was the market. Is that correct, the Black market? Yeah, so the Black market is a great opportunity for Black women business owners here in Richmond to display their wares. We thought, who better to get the opportunity to meet people, talk about their businesses, than Black make some women. money. And make some money, obviously, <laughs> yes, of course, than Black women, because Black women are such an important part of making things happen <laughs> right, <laughs> to right. be 
dubia, quite frank. What is the show going to be that Conciliation Lab is putting on Saturday and Sunday night? Is it going to be excerpts from all of these playwrights, the same thing both nights, or what? what's going to be the schedule? It will be the same thing each night. We're going to feature all three of the playwrights. I think we've got a total of four monologues and maybe five scenes. You know, we have uh, an open bar, so we'll have a, a lot of meet and greet opportunities, having the black market there so people can you know, buy shop, shop and drink. Yeah. So there is an open mic night on Saturday. What's that about? Yes. So one of the things in the birth of this new company, the conciliation lab, we are wanting to be as inclusive and intergenerational and far reaching as we possibly can. And so we are having an open mic that is being hosted by Theater VCU's Black Theater Association. So anyone who might have been inspired, they could use work from the playwrights that we're offering, or they could offer other playwrights, you know, or other poets or writers. So this is very exciting, and there'll be a lot going on. This is all taking place in the basement at the Conciliation Lab, correct? Correct. And I'll just reiterate that's going to be Saturday and Sunday, July 10th and 11th. All day, both days, something's going on pretty much, right? So Pretty much. Yeah. Yes. Terrific. Well, I want to thank you both for being here. I've been talking with Mary Shaw, who is one of the developers of Blacklist and a local entrepreneur who'll be selling her goods at the black market, and Mm -hmm. Dr. Tanya Pettiford-Waits, the co-artistic director of Conciliation Lab. Thank you both for being with us. Thank Thank you, TV Jerry. For anyone who's not aware, Theater Lab and the Conciliation Project announced a merger last year to the Conciliation Lab. And on the final night of Blacklist, they'll be announcing their first season's productions. You can get more information from theconciliationlab.org. I'm Jerry Williams from Sifter. Thanks for listening. For extended podcasts and complete reviews, visit the Richmond Theater Critics Circle website at artsies.org.